All right, folks, welcome to episode two of Rally Caps On. Uh, we are getting started a little slowly. We forgot to mention exactly how to find us and how to interact. We're figuring it out, guys. I mean, this is our first podcast doing so. Uh, we appreciate you listening. You're probably listening on Spotify or Apple right now. We're looking to expand to a couple others, uh, but as I just said, we're not the smartest guys. So we're just going to keep it simple. We're going to stick to what we think we know, which is sports, football, baseball, and basketball. Uh, if you like this, uh, share it with a friend. Let a friend know. Uh, if you don't like it, just uh, keep moving on with your day. Just act like it never happens. Keep it moving. Uh, yep, just keep it on going. So we're also looking for a couple sponsors right now to uh, help us. and We want to promote your company and promote your products and your business. Uh, if you have any questions for us, you can reach us on our Twitter page. It's at Rally Caps on Pod, and that's at Rally Caps on Pod. And then you can also shoot us an email, Rally Caps on Podcast at gmail.com. And then you can reach out to us personally on our Instagrams, uh, Twitters, whatever. And uh, let's get into it right now. Uh, so we we mentioned this the show is called Rally Caps on Podcast, and we want to talk. We both played baseball up to the college level, and uh, we had a couple uh, great rallies that we were both a part of. We were on the same team for. We played against each other. Um, let's let's give the uh, let's give the listeners our favorite rally cap. Jaime, for me, we're going inside out. Inside out. Bill facing forward. You know, it takes. You got to work for it sometimes, depending on you know how stiff that fabric is and what what type of material we're dealing with, but. I feel like once you get it flipped inside out, you're uh, you're ready to rock. Yeah, so by the end of the year, that's it's always just, my move. It's just a flick of the wrist. Absolutely, it's, it's back on top. Absolutely. What's your what's your move, T. Willie? Um, I had two that I would kind of go to. I love the shark. So you fold it in half. You put it right on top of your head. And the shark is serious. Yeah, you got the shark look. You, it's it's intimidating. It's fierce. You let the flow out a little bit. You know. Get the um, jaws, jaws music going exactly. in the background. Yeah, you let them know that you're about to you're about to pop off a few runs here and win one for the squad. <laughs> uh, now I've got one that's more relevant than ever. I was pretty far ahead of our time. Uh, the bandito. So you tuck that one in half. You fold the back of it up, just like when you see it on the display, and you tuck the bill into your into the front of your jersey, and then you've got the the hat actually covering your mouth. So now. You can do that when you, let's say you're walking into a store and you forget your mask because you got to wear masks everywhere. No Rona here. Yeah, let's say you forget your mask. You go with the Bandito rally cap and you're going to get some compliments and you're you're helping save the world at the same time. So I feel like the Bandito is definitely maybe one of the most underrated uh, oh, yeah. underrated rally caps. You bust that out down three, you know, in the in the ninth inning and. Sometimes the other team's a little perplexed. Yeah, Maybe you're catching their eyes. They're not they're sure looking, what's going on. All they ain't of a looking at the pitcher. Yeah, they ain't left, watching the game. Left fielders dialed into your dugout, which is always a, you know, any bit of distraction you can get there is always good. So, yeah, maybe hit us up with uh, with your guys' stuff for our rally caps. If you guys have any unique ones, love to hear from you. Um, and, again, thanks for all the feedback we've been getting. Got a lot of fo- uh, positive feedback. Keep it coming. Um, any type of uh, questions or, or feedback criticisms anything you got for us we we uh we welcome that for sure and we want to make this as interactive as possible so um let's get it rocking right away obviously we're coming into playoff football um let's hop into this this weekend in, in nfl football t will well uh as as we all know the browns ravens game last night uh was probably the game of the year um just all around incredible football game baker was wheeling and dealing. He, he he started a little slow in the first half. You could tell they were trying to really run the ball, and he wasn't able to uh, to get that offense moving as much as he wanted to. And 
Second half, he looked incredible to me. And Lamar Jackson showed us exactly why he's the MVP, uh, why he's the reigning MVP. And by the way, that jersey with the freaking with the little with the little pouch in front, I've never seen that before. And that was that was sweet. That was nice. So kudos to Lamar on that. And when he's running, man, he's he's a dangerous man. When he's out in the middle of the field, it's uh it's pretty cool to watch him just flashed on the field. There's not many professional athletes that make other professional athletes not look like professional athletes. <laughs> yes, Lamar and is that Lamar guy. Lamar does that most yes. times, right? So that's that's always a uh, I mean, shoot, he's he's super entertaining to watch. The good thing about that game last night is I think it went really well for anyone that bet on it. Yeah, all the I mean, gamblers, yeah, yeah for gamblers sure. I mean, I happy. I had the Browns plus 3, so that was that was great. Um I was I was like kind of excited for the last play, and I'm just like kind of joking around, getting ready for bed, putting stuff away, turning the lights out, and then I like kind of walk back to the TV, and it's still happening, and they keep moving closer and closer to the end zone, and I was just oh shoot, they're about <laughs> anything but the safety. What are the odds? Ugh, what are that the odds tough. that there was, that, was dis- tough. that there was discussion of taking a safety on that play just to screw over? All of us gambling on that. I don't know if if that was some like pretty good foresight. Yeah, I feel like it could have been talked about. Vegas might have been in the huddle on that one. I don't that, know, Jarvis Landry. Like maybe he was. Has, it, I think it was Higgins out. that ran through the back, and I was just like, dude, what the, are you doing? The what back doing? of the end zone, no, what? man. Come on, wrong way. They were wrong at the they were at the left. five yard line, and then he, he realized there was no one behind him, and then he just decided to like fire it all the way back across the field, and you're like. Whoa, no. Where do you rank that oh, in terms of your all-time was, bad beats? Is that, that was, is that up there? That's Yeah, that's up there, honestly. That has to be like top two. Um, there was one other one I remember about two and a half years ago. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you listeners probably remember this game. The Stanford versus Oregon. Um, it was, I think it was to go to the Pac-12 Winter, North go, Championship. Yeah. Or the... I'm saying that wrong, but to win the to north, win the north, north the correct, yeah, yeah, to yeah, win yeah. The north. They were up ten with less than a minute left, and they, I want to say they fumble, and Stanford was smart enough to uh, kick the field goal and take the points, and then go for the onside kick. Oregon completely botched that, and then they went back <laughs> down and scored, and and won the game later. <laughs> That was a tough one because I pretty much had that one like in the bag, and yeah, you know that's that's part of it though. That's what that's what the whole segment bad beats is for. And there, there is no joy without fun. misery. I usually have fun watching that segment, <laughs> but not last night. That was that was a tough one. Yeah, um, I would say toughest part of the weekend for me. You know, we're playing in our in our friends' fantasy football league. Coming Both off. in the playoffs, by the way. So you're listening to some two incredible fantasy footballers here. I'm coming off a, a solid last place finish last year. So, you know, I've been – we take that personal. And I've been on a mission this year. You know, I've made 34 transactions. It's like it's like double anyone else in the league. Um, it's not really working for me. My team sucks. So I'm dialed in. You know, I'm a, I'm a hopeless – I'm like a Cleveland Browns fan. I always believe no matter how much yeah. failure I have, I still think my t- team can do it. I'm in the office. I'm locked in. It's Sunday. I got the, I got the pod going. I got the monitor going. Multiple tabs everywhere. And all of a sudden, I start – so all morning, I'm, I'm like, do I play Josh Jacobs? He's been hurt. I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So I got him in the lineup. All of a sudden, news starts coming in that on his Instagram, he's saying that he's not going to play. So I'm panicking. Do I – I'm trying to drop players. Who am I going to add in the late window? 
So I finally, I figured it all out. I get, I get it in there. I'm like, well, I got to play Miles Sanders, blah, blah, blah. More news. I start, I'm getting ESPN fantasy football alerts that, oh, just, just kidding. Josh Jacobs thought it would be funny to mess with us fantasy owners. And he is going to play, or at least he's on the field during pregame warmups. And it looks like he might be taking reps. He's just so guess joshing. what? Josh Jacobs, not only have you torpedoed my fantasy team, I never should have traded DK Metcalf for you straight up. I'm an idiot. But also, I don't appreciate you toying with my emotions. You know, this is 2020. It's been a hard year for a lot of people. We're in a fragile emotional state. And you, you know what? That, that was a tasteless joke. So the next time you pop off on your Instagram, just remember that there's there's tens, maybe even hundreds of dollars at straight at stake here for us. Trying to feed our family. Yeah, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm out here. I'm competing my ass off. Just show a little respect, man. That's that's all I want from you, Josh. And, you know, if you could fall into the end zone this week, that'd be yeah, great too. A couple times, yes. All right, let's keep, beautiful. It's beautiful. let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. All right, I'm going down. I'm pulling up the AFC standings as of right now. So we've got Kansas City. They're the clear number one seed here. You've they got, look pretty good. Yes. You've got Pittsburgh. I think they're probably the worst 11-2 and two team <laughs> of all time. Uh, you look at their schedule, kind of weak. They were playing a bunch of – not a bunch. I mean, in the NFL, you have to win every week. Yes, I get that. But they were they were winning in games where, like, you could tell they were they're a good team, but they weren't playing good, and that's starting to come to fruition right now. Uh, I really like the Buffalo Bills. Um, Josh Allen, we were just talking about this before we even started recording here. That dude is a stud. He's got every single intangible you could ask for. He's he's built built for this league right now. The way the way teams are passing, the way that you have to have a running quarterback, and then the way you have to navigate through the pocket with all these incredible defensive linemen that are um, like. He's almost yeah. he's almost like a defensive lineman that can throw the ball and make these incredible reads at from a physical standpoint if you were going to build if we were going to create a player on Madden create a quarterback he's your guy. yes that's who you build you right create he's, Josh he's, Allen he's got the size he's got the speed he's got the arm strength I mean well I think we're going to talk about it but like obviously he's made some huge steps forwards in terms of his accuracy yeah. and decision making which was the big knock so yeah man I'm I'm like you and I th- I think like. I think he's my pick to be the breakout. Like the playoffs are when you can, I think, kind of launch. Like you saw this with Russ, like in the playoffs early in his career. That was like him cementing his place as not just a game manager, but someone who's going to be an elite level quarterback. I think Josh Allen could potentially be looking to do that this year. And I'm, I'm with you on the Steelers. I think it's been a really weird year that you're facing teams when they're short staffed, all this stuff. I don't think in a non COVID year that you're seeing them. Uh, you know, obviously with this with this win loss record, yeah. And so, then you've also got Cleveland, Indy, and Miami coming in. What about they're, what about Tennessee? The playoffs. What do, you, what do we think about Tennessee? Uh, oh yes, I skipped on Tennessee. I'm sorry. Uh, I think Tennessee. Um, I like them a lot too. I mean, the human wrecking ball, Derrick Henry. Get out the way. He's a dangerous man. Uh, I mean. When it's cold outside, like, oh, God. could you could you imagine trying no. to get in front of this no. dude and take him down? Like when he's when he's got a full head of steam on his 29th carry of the yes, game, and he's run into you 15 times to this point. Like you don't want it. You don't want to get in his way. I won't be surprised if in a cold playoff game, down like 13 points late in the third they quarter, start pounding him. Yes, and if we see. A, a quarterback or safety legitimately just get out the way, like Olay. not even attend. Just be like you know what, man, like it's, I'm out, I'm out. It ain't worth it, man. Yeah. We're not winning anyways. Right? Yes, that would. <laughs> Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry is a game changer. I mean, I've. Do you 
do you think there has to be some kind of discussion? I mean, because I mean, without him, are are the Tennessee Titans a good team? Like, is is he any in the MVP discussion to you, or do you just have to give it to a quarterback just because it's so much more valuable? I think he's definitely in the MVP discussion. If he doesn't yeah. finish top five, maybe even top three, I think the voters are doing a disservice. Yeah. Um, are there any other running backs that come to your head right now, or just just the human wrecking ball? Probably, I think just be given uh, like how you got to go for guys based on standings. I think it's probably just going to be him. Yeah, Chubb, um, Chubb is great, but they've also got Kareem Hunt. So I mean, you yeah, you've got a two headed monster out there. Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you don't really have any any other like running backs that you can say literally puts the team on his back like Derrick Henry does. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I mean, look, looking at the playoff matchup. So let's say playoffs started today, right? Let's go through here. Um, You've got. Oh, so is is Cleveland ahead of Indy, or who's who's who right now? Because they're both at uh, nine and four now, right? So, you've got. Uh, I don't know who wins the tiebreaker between. Yeah, those I don't. Two. So I'm not sure who. It, who it's it it's is. either Indy and versus Pittsburgh, which I mean, I I would take Indy right now. I, I think Indianapolis is trending up. They've kind of like matched that connection with T. Y. Hilton. He was really quiet first. 10, 11 games this year, and now you can see they've kind of figured out a little a game plan to feed him the ball, and he's kind of coming back to that form that we saw him in a couple years ago when he was healthy. Indy's a good team. I they were if you look at what they're doing last year before Brissett went down too. I mean they like that roster. They were in first place, yeah, first or second place. That, that roster season. That roster is really good. So yes. I mean, I I definitely think Indy. If we get Indy Pittsburgh round one. I think that's practically a pick 'em, honestly. I mean, I, yeah. I think like, it's just going to be whoever plays a cleaner game, fewer turnovers for, and I for think sure. This year, especially in the no playoffs, home field. Yeah, the home field advantage is not really existing. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing road dogs go all the time. Like they're that's a huge. They don't that's have a great the noise point. factor. They don't have the fans factor. Um, it's it's a different ball game this year. You're seeing a lot more of a of a pure sport and just kind of them going out and rolling the ball out there and playing. Um, you've got Baltimore still still looking in, and I, I still don't know what to make of them. Honestly, like you see them some weeks, and you're like, man, they're they're actually an awesome team. And then other weeks, you're just like, I I still don't know what to, yeah, just meh. Yeah, they're just meh sometimes, and I, I think so, we'll we'll probably see that happen at least once in the playoffs. So I don't see them being able to make a a run like. Uh, I mean, and it goes back to we'll, we'll touch on this in a sec. It's the quarterback, and you got to pass, and you got to be able to pick defenses apart. Lamar can do that with his feet. I don't know if he can do that with his arm yet. Remains to be seen. Yeah, and let's uh, let's dive into the NFC. Um, we've got Green Bay has taken the number one seed from the New Orleans Saints. They we, we were talking, we were texting each other about this last night, and. Yes, I think Green Bay is a very, very good team. And uh, the first thing that comes to my mind is home run hitters. Like, they've got Devontae. They've got um, Valdez Scantling, who can go deep. Uh, They've got Aaron Jones, who busts off runs that are just incredible, you know. And I I don't know. I feel like there's a difference in the playoffs once it comes to being able to stop the big play. And NFL teams, that's all they're focused on in in the playoffs. And also, when when like when you go back to the offenses, they're trying to I've got my fingers in the air, quote unquote, run their offense. And running your offense and trying to hit home runs in the playoffs doesn't make a lot of sense when you're actually 
What, like, because let's say you do fire down the field two or three times in the first quarter, and you, you're throwing picks or balls are getting tipped, yep. and you, you yep. find yourself down 14 zip, your game plan is out the door. That's a, that's a great point. And you gotta you gotta really go for home runs at that point, and then you're just praying on a comeback like the Chiefs did last year, which was that that's that's Patrick Mahomes, and I guess you could put Aaron Rodgers in that category that in guys who can do that, but and you how, don't want to find yourself in those situations. And how do we feel? So the Packers have the number one. Are these in order here in terms of our yes I, I right so we get, so. the yeah. Packers have the number one offense in the NFL right which is, speaks to what you were just saying yeah. obviously like Aaron Rodgers is great like Devontae Adams is is really really good all this all Aaron yeah, Jones one is really good offense um, points. you know outside outside the top thirteen I don't know they're not in the top ten in terms of defense so that's like I think that's the question right like are they going to be able to are they going to be able to stop anyone? And if they don't, if they're not hitting on those big plays, or if they face a team that has a really good game plan and decides, okay, we're going to eliminate Aaron Jones, and then we have good, you know, yeah, uh, good defensive contained. back. Like, I, I mean, there's, there's a, uh, it's. I just think it's hard on the offensive side of things. And you've seen this, like, we'll get into this later, but like, especially in the NFL, where a coach like Bill Belichick, you could face someone who has a whole week to game plan and like really come up with a good scheme to attack them i see them as being very vulnerable to For uh sure. you know let's say they take aaron jones away you're in poor weather situation there it's windy uh aaron Rodgers can't attack down the field now all of a sudden their whole thing because that's what their team is right that's yeah. how that's what they do elite. that's, that's whether they're winning their games now yes. they can't do that so i think i think they're that makes me nervous i mean I, I do not look at them as a one seed as someone that i'm just like okay these guys are gonna romp through right but let's keep going down the list here because the nfc i don't I, I don't know it's kind of it's kind of weird so New Orleans at ten and three. Like, are this are the Saints really good? Yeah, I think that they're they're talented. Why do I feel like they're not really good? Like they are really good, yeah, right? Yeah, it's it's a strange like kind of week in week out thing. They sometimes they don't look good, but they win, and then other weeks they do look really good. And I mean, yeah, they're they're a coin toss as well. You know, you you don't you don't know if they're going to be able to put three games in a row together. Um, so the Saints are one of only what we said two teams here that have both. They're a top ten offense, top ten defense. Yeah. So we're just looking at terms of points per game. In all right. So it, let's just go. I mean, you've already guessed the one. Let the only other team that has a top ten offense and a top ten defense is pretty much a no brainer. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. And I mean, we we know that they're the team to beat as of right now. They're still the top dog. That that I mean, I. They're the most dangerous team when it comes down to all this. When you're just asking right away, who's your first? Who's the first team that comes to mind? It's going to be Kansas City. It's making it to the Super Bowl. But the NFC, I mean, it's got some. It's got some serious. Uh, some serious parity here. I mean, we'll, we'll get into more parity too. But I mean, I like the Rams. I really do. I think the Rams. Jared Goff. You can tell if he's going to have a good game. Their first, like seven plays of the game like if they yeah. go if they go a couple three and outs they're not going to be moving the ball all day and they, they they struggle if they don't start off hot but if they do and if they can get a, get turnovers early then they are dangerous and uh, I mean you you never want Aaron Donald running up the middle at you if you're a quarterback and I think in in terms of teams that are that are going to be shooting at at the Packers and the Saints the Rams, the Rams are a great matchup for both of those teams. That that is like the roster build that I'm thinking of for the Packers running to the Rams. Rams yes. could, like that could be, I could see that being serious trouble for the Packers. Yeah, I close uh, my eyes and I imagine the Rams <laughs> manhandling them yeah. on on the line. Yeah, I I mean 
We'll see, man. It, it just it just depends on Goff, right? Like if Goff, and I don't even think he needs to be great. Like I think if he just yeah. if he just has a couple good games, keep it out of the other team's hands. You're going to need big, and if their defense makes plays, which they're fully capable of doing, I mean, I could very easily see them winning the winning the NFC. I just I don't know. Whatever the uh, the Packers and the Saints make me nervous. I feel like for teams with such good records, they both have very like obvious flaws. And two with the Saints, like Drew Brees, like. He yeah. looked sketchy at the beginning of the year. He kind of righted the ship. Now we haven't All seen him. All of his ribs are broken. <laughs> he literally broke every rib in his body. Yeah. He's 41. I didn't even know he had that many ribs. So, I mean, we'll see. Like, that's that's a big question mark. Um, the, the Washington, Washington football team. Football team Do they out of <laughs> The Washington football team. Out of the best division in the history of NFL football. Yeah. The, the NFC East. Apparently, all those players get paid. That was news to me. T. Willie had to tell me that because I thought that they were actually yes, college are, players. Yeah, they are. They are getting paid. But I'm actually, I'm getting reports. Um, John Clayton is reporting that they are in fact professional football players. Yeah. So um, breaking news here. Let's look, the, let's look at the rest of their schedules right now. And so you've got. I mean, <laughs> I, I I'm laughing as I say this, but Dallas is still legitimately. Oh my god! They're in the hunt, and they've got San Francisco, who's. They're they're a tough team to make out as well. And you've Super got, hit or miss. You've got Philly. They're oh god, they're rivalry game. Philly. Anything yeah. could happen. Yeah, that's an, and you've got the New York Giants. Who, I mean, so the Cowboys could very easily run the table, and they could very and they like, could get to seven wins. They could very easily be, win two out of three here for sure. Yeah, they do have the worst defense in the league. So I, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying this is going to happen. I, I feel like I can see the Niners just kind of running for like that 300 yards and just kind of putting them in the dirt. But hey, I mean, if, we'll see if the ball rolls their way and, and they put it together for three games, they are legitimately in the hunt to make the playoffs again. NFC East, you guys freaking suck. I don't want to talk about you anymore. No, we got three more teams. Hang now, on. now we're, uh, we got the Giants where they're playing Cleveland, Baltimore and Dallas. That's, I, I see Owen three right there. I, I think the Giants suck, right? Giants Do we need to talk done. about the Giants? I think like two weeks ago we were talking like, are the Giants good? But no, the answer is no. We were wrong two weeks ago. They're not good. Not good. Not yet. Uh, I think they've got like I, I like what Joe Judge is doing. Um, they seem like they got a little bit of heart and a little fight into them, but they're not a good. They're not a talented football team. I don't know at all if Joe Judge is a good football coach. Really couldn't speak to that. Love his press conferences though. So that's yeah. I mean you know that's. That's something. Also, Giants fans, just because you have Daniel Jones, don't feel like you don't need to draft a quarterback. Y'all should draft a quarterback. Yes. yes. Pull up, take a book out of the uh, yeah, take a page out of the Cardinals playbook. Don't make two mistakes based on one mistake. So you just you drafted Josh Rosen. It was a mistake. Don't compound that mistake by saying you can't draft a quarterback because we just did. If you think you got the wrong guy, which I think you got the wrong guy. Yeah, you might have. Yes. You should you should draft a quarterback. Just just a little rant there. Don't let one become two. Yes. I will say one nice thing about Daniel Jones. He he's fearless. Like he's not scared when there are He's not scared. 300 pounds linemen sprinting at, directly at him and I I think he's looking at them when they're doing it and he doesn't seem to be scared at all and he, he is, just gets pummeled. He is not scared. He's, Hassan Reddick was just a bat out of hell running at him and like I none of them seemed like they were like he didn't know they were coming. Like he saw he's, them. He's a, he has all the tools, right? He just he Daniel Jones has a hard time throwing the ball to the people on his team. And that's <laughs> you know, 
They're usually wearing opposite colors. So it's, you got to be able to figure that's, that part that's out. That's tough. Yeah, you know, you, you got to you got to hit those receivers. So, mm-hmm. all right, let's keep, Philly. Let's keep hammering these Philly. They play New. Oh, they just beat New Orleans. I'm sorry. We've got the Arizona Cardinals coming up next. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's that's gonna be a good game. Jalen Hurts. Like, I was talking about this. I, I this is gonna sound crazy. Easy. Jalen Hurts. Just to me, when he's running. And he's smooth, and he's fluid, and he's keeping his eyes downfield. He reminds me a lot of Russell Wilson. Oh! He doesn't have the passing ability yet. Let's not like put him into that category of like quarterbacks that are similar to Russell Wilson. But when he was running, and he seemed smooth and aware of his entire surroundings, he seemed like he was much better fit for the job than Carson Wentz, who... I mean, there's a reason they benched him. He was he was clueless out there. Jalen Hurts looked really good. Yes. And he had a lot of success in college. Yep. His teammates his teammates all love him. He makes good football decisions. Like I think uh He's won everywhere he's gone. Yeah. So I th- I I definitely don't uh I don't discount that. I think if you're Philly, the real question is look at where you're at with your franchise and what have you done. You've committed whatever, $140 million to Carson Wentz. Give or take, yeah. Then you use a second round draft pick on a quarterback. I just there's no you you take Jalen Rager when it's like the best wide receiver draft class in the history of football and you take a dude who was like yeah I mean they took our Sega Whiteside the year before I I don't I don't know does anyone know where JJ our Sega Whiteside is currently at right now (laughs) I don't I don't know he was a first round pick like less than three years ago Philly front office um just you know keep trying Keep yeah. trying, guys. I mean, I think your best chance is with Hurts in there. So they played Dallas after Arizona. So if they win that game, they go to five, eight, and one. If if they if they beat the Cardinals, they go to five, eight, and one, and which gets them uh, half a game out of the playoffs. So here's the real question: Do we think that any of the NFC East teams can win a playoff game? I think the only way they can is if they play the Cardinals, which the Cardinals are in that actual seed right now they're the seven seed so i mean i i am a cardinals fan i love the cardinals i've had season tickets gang. i love the arizona cardinals but this this is not their year i i don't see them being honestly i can see them losing to either washington or philadelphia if if they were to run into those guys in the playoffs which it, it breaks my heart to say it but i mean the arizona cardinals are not quite there yet they are. We'll mention an interesting stat about them, though, um, in a little in a couple seconds here, and then we need to talk about Seattle and Tampa Bay. Seattle, I think we should keep it brief with these guys. Their offense is incredible. They know how to move the ball. Russ, DK, and Tyler Lockett are absolute studs. Real nice. Yes, like that drop in the bucket throw that he makes to those guys is. One of the most beautiful plays the best you get to ball. see every single week. Just, we can watch that on loop. Yes, all but day. their defense does not seem to know what's Real bad. happening. Yeah, they they can't figure out their defense. So. They can't. Uh, they can't win that NFC with that no, defense. No, yeah, right? you're not gonna you're not gonna run through these guys with with a defense like that. And Tampa Bay, I mean, Tampa Bay, Tampa. Uh, I mean, on paper, they have the best roster, like offensively. I mean, you look at their and then when you look at their defensive statistics. They're a very good team. They can stop the run. They know how to create turnovers. They're a really good team, but I don't like every week I'm watching them. It doesn't feel like they are the like they're not playing their own football. It seems like they're like it's the scheme doesn't match the players or the players don't match the scheme. I don't know which one it is. 
It just doesn't seem to mesh. But, I mean, when you've got Tom Brady, anything can happen. Um, so let's not dis- let's not count them out. But I-, I just don't see it happening for Tampa this year. I, I feel like they can if-, if they go down and play – I mean, well, if they do, if they play New Orleans, dude, I could, I can see them. Yeah. I think they can beat any team. I don't know that they will because of the consistency issues. They have, they're not consistent. Like yeah. they, we know who they are at this point, and they're not consistent. But I think, I think that, like, so my thing with these teams is, I think there are certain teams that do not have the upside to win. I don't think the Seahawks can win the NFC just because of how bad their defense is. Like, I think it's unlikely that they're able to outscore guys for three games in a row. I don't think, I don't think Green Bay honestly, can win the NFC just because I think their offense is vulnerable to being shut down, poor weather, their defense is so bad. So, like, I think Tampa, though, if things broke right, I could. I think they could. Can I, can I – let me, let me throw a comp. Could we go – They've got some vets. Could we go end of career Peyton Manning with Broncos lead to Super Bowl? He had a really good defense, though. Peyton Manning had a really uh, good defense. We don't like the Bucks defense that much. Yeah, but I don't, I don't know but, if they're. But Tom's not as bad as Peyton was. Yes, at that point. Yes, yes, I will give him that. I just think like they're that, still in it. That they're team, would, that it. team would make me nervous. I could, I would not rule them out because I'm looking at this and like, I feel like it's New Orleans, Los Angeles. And Tampa Bay for me in terms of teams that could come out of the NFC. Yes. I know it's crazy to like just throw the Packers out. Um, but, dude, I really don't think so. I don't think any of those NFC East teams can make it through. I don't think the Cardinals can. If the Vikings get in, no. Bears get in, no. Um, so, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah. Side note, if Aaron Rodgers only wins one Super Bowl, is that like – if you're Aaron Rodgers, rate your level of disappointment in your career if you, if you retire having won one Super Bowl. Because on one hand, you won a Super Bowl. He's been MVP. Like he's, if you don't win as many as Eli Manning, I feel like that's Ooh. that's a shot. It's a shot to the heart right there. That, I don't know. I, that, that's got to hurt your feelings. But I mean, let's not let, let's let's keep our keep our minds open to this because I mean, I think if there's any year Green Bay can, but I, I don't know. I, I, don't I just think it. if I'm betting, if I was betting over under Aaron Rodgers Super Bowls. And the line was one, or let's say one and a half. One and a half, yeah. After he won the first one, or even before, I think me and everybody else was hammering that over. Yes. I think it's like... I would have probably taken over three and a half. Yeah, honestly. So yeah. I, it's, it's one of the... Uh, for someone who's like... I mean, probably... Like, for me, the best arm talent I've ever seen. I yes. think Aaron Rodgers, just from a pure, like, what he can do throwing a football... With a touch. Throws it better. Lasers. Combination of strength, like, vision, accuracy... Better than anyone I've ever seen throw a football. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting to think about. But, yeah, NFC is definitely uh, – it'll be interesting to see. But. It's still wide open. It's anyone's ball game in there. But I'm I'm going to put it in stone right now. I'm taking Los Angeles to win the NFC. It's going to be LAKC. And that's just my week 14 prediction. So No, I like that. Subject to change next week. I like that. So yeah. I want to go into a little, uh, a little rant on the quarterbacks here. So one of the things uh, – obviously being baseball guys, I always talk to people about – baseball and what they do or don't like about it and blah 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 all that stuff and one of the common criticisms is there's no there's no parity in baseball because there's no salary cap and blah 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 the Yankees get all the best players the Dodgers Dodgers get all the best players yada 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 um I have always felt like football might have the least amount of parity out of any of the sports and what I mean by that is mm-hmm. not necessarily in the sense of who's going to make the playoffs but in terms of who can actually win a Super Bowl. So like yes. So like yes, the um 
Cleveland Browns can make the playoffs. The Cleveland Browns cannot win the Super Bowl. Like, I don't, I don't care what anyone says. Like, you're right. not winning the Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield as your quarterback. So my whole theory, and I've done this the past three years now, is before the season, I only look at the quarterback for the team. And I make it. I say yes or no in terms of if they can win a Super Bowl. I'm three for three on that. And so I feel like if you can look at literally one position out of over 50 on a roster and you can decide whether they can win a title or not based on that, for those teams that don't have that quarterback, you're going into the season. You know that, like to me, you know you can't win. So, so here's slim, slim cut of the pie. For sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. So the stats on this, I was doing a little bit of a little bit of research on this. Um, so four out of the past twenty Super Bowl champions have had a non Hall of Fame or future Hall of Fame quarterback. So one out of every five. Six out of the past thirty. So one out of five. So you got to tw- if knowing nothing else, if you don't have, and I'm counting Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger uh, as as Hall of Famers because because they're, they're going to be um, Russ, Russ for sure, yeah. So basically, what I'm saying is like you only have a 20 percent chance, and that's of all the other teams. And think about it, there's that's 25 other quarterbacks. There's probably only like five to seven Hall of Fame quarterbacks playing at a time. So for me, here's what that means: when I look at this for the playoffs, I'm looking at it. Okay, Kansas City, yes. Pittsburgh, I think they could win. I'm not high on them. Yes. Tennessee, no. Cleveland, no. Indianapolis, no. Miami, no. Baltimore, no. I don't think those teams. Buffalo? Buffalo's hit or miss. That's a tough one. I could see it, but I'm going to go no. Okay. If they win, this will be the first. The only way they win is if Josh Josh Allen Allen. becomes a Hall of Fame quarterback, which I think like. We, I, he could do, he He's could do, yeah. but so to me, I could throw that out. And like, so Tennessee's Tennessee would be the foil, right? Like they would be the foil to my whole strategy here. We'll see if they can, we'll see if they can get it done. Um, but for me, I'm going to rule them out. And then if we're looking at the NFC again, like, okay, Green Bay, yes. New Orleans, yes. Los Angeles, no. Washington, no. Seattle, yes. Tampa, yes. Arizona, no. Minnesota, no. Chicago, no. So I'm just throwing those teams out. Now I already said, I don't like Green Bay. I don't like Seattle. I like Los Angeles a lot. Again, we will have to see like if they could get. Are they one of those twenty percent teams? Yes, Goff can play at that level, but can he do it for three straight games to get them there? And then he's got to do it one more time. For so. sure, for sure. And also, too, just like possible though. One one side note for this: if you guys actually go back and look at um, past champions for football and baseball, so in the past twenty years, there's been twelve different teams. Uh, let me see. Yeah, twelve different teams have won the Super Bowl. Baseball's had fourteen out of twenty. So, like seventy percent of the time, there's a new champion. Just statistically, baseball has more parity from championship standpoint. Yeah, Uh, that's just. And I think my whole point with this again, there's no other sport. Maybe we can make the argument with basketball, but in terms of like, there's no comparison with baseball and football in terms of the importance of the quarterback position, especially in the modern game. Yeah. So for me, I feel like football is kind of, on some sense, is a little bit easy to evaluate because I'm just looking at one one position, and if you don't have that position, I can kind of cross that team off the off the list. So, right. just a little little sidebar on that. Mm-hmm. Um. All right, T. Willie, where are we going with this? Um. I was just looking at some stats too. I kind of went down the, uh, the the Reddit wormhole and I was looking at some who was who like looking at past Super Bowl champions and what kind of they had in common. And I saw that fourteen of the last twenty five winners, Super Bowl winners, 
had a top 10 offense and a top 10 defense. And this is in terms of points per game. So only teams that currently have that at this point in the season right now, team offense, like top 10 offense, top 10 defense, the Chiefs, Chiefs and Saints, right? And the Saints. And when you look at that, like, I mean, there, there's, there's a couple other notables. You've got the Steelers at the 11th offense. So, I mean, I guess they can fall into that in the number one defense. So they've got another shot at it. Uh, but the way that they're playing right now, I mean, are, are you confident in Big Ben, like, going out there and, like, beating these playoff teams? Like, I mean, no. Nah. Well, yeah, when they lose to no. Washington, you kind of see the wheels falling off, you know? Um, For sure. You've got the Ravens with the 12th-ranked offense and the 1-2-3, uh, 4th-ranked defense. So, if the Ravens can find their way in this, statistically, you know, they, they might fall into that. But, I mean, again, you, you, can't, you can't really put them in that category. Cardinals are the same. 13th-ranked defense and the ninth-ranked offense. I mean, the Cardinals, it seems like it's, it's one thing or the other with the Cardinals. It's, it's their offense is clicking and their defense doesn't know who's guarding who. Or their defense is doing great, creating turnovers. And their offense just, I mean... Well, let's get into DeAndre Hopkins in a little bit and watching his route tree. Um, what like the the summary of his routes absolutely infuriates me. He's like he he runs up, he let's, runs let's, up in the middle of the field. Let's go there. Let's do it right now. Yeah. He okay. So this was two weeks ago. The game he had five catches for fifty five yards against the Rams. Yes, I mean Jalen Ramsey was guarding him, but DeAndre Hopkins is a mismatch on whoever's guarding him, right? And you have to be able to figure out a way. I mean, I can – if I'm the coach of the Arizona Cardinals, on the first drive of the game, I'm feeding him the ball the first three plays. Like, I don't care who's guarding him. Like, you get him in the middle of the field, get him running, and you feed him the ball in the middle of the field so he can make a play. It's it's almost like every time he catches the ball, he'll make a guy miss right away. And he so what is, were you seeing with his route tree? He's not getting a lot of touches in the middle of the field? Yes. So he got he, – he, he crossed the hash marks – Three times in the entire game. So he crossed he crossed the field three times. And on all three of those, he was targeted. Two of them he got catches. And those those were two of or it was right around twenty-five of his fifty-five yards. And what what if you're Kingsbury, that should be your entire game plan is to feed that man the ball. Like you every single week that they throw it to him, they are hands down a top five offense in the league. And I feel like they don't do a good job of also getting Kyler Murray out of the pocket on purpose. They're, they're trying to let him sit back there and throw when, I mean, I, I hate to knock on a short guy, but I mean, it's really hard for him to see the entire field when there's seven linemen standing there and covering the field. I feel like, uh, Seattle did a good job with Russ earlier in his career. Like, Moving, rolling him out, getting him. That's that's what the Eagles did last week with Jalen Hurts. He was rolling out and he was able to see the field and make an easy one on one type throw, which it it gives you a chance to move the ball down the field. And the the Cardinals seem to waste so many plays by running DeAndre Hopkins into the corner with that little like 10 yard out. It works on occasion. Yes, like he can make that play, but it feels like such a like bang bang play, and it's almost a waste of of using DeAndre Hopkins. You wonder if that stems from Kingsbury's like like one of the things you hear a lot of times when you talk to um, evaluators or like people that have been at both the college and pro game. The route trees are much simpler and like yes. less less expansive. There's not as many options or combos 
in college systems compared to NFL, right? Like, right, just get guys, the ball and throw it. Especially, yep. like, you think Big 12 offense, right? Like, they've got their, like, they want their guys to be able to run three routes, like, off that route tree, boom, boom. It's simple for the quarterback, simple for the receiver. This kind of seems like it's a little bit of a Kingsbury maybe being, like, overmatched a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's, he's simplified it down to the point where you, you, you got to have the best receiver. You don't need, like, yeah. you want the whole... You got the whole route tree. This is like the ace pitcher that's got four pitches. Like, yes. yes, if you're a crappy bullpen arm, you only use one or two pitches maybe because your other four aren't good. But like, dude, if you're if you're the ace, right? You're the big time arm. You, yeah, you let him work. Use all four pitches. You gotta yeah. let him work. No, that that uh that makes sense for sure. Yeah. So what? Okay, so what? Uh, I've been impressed with Kyler Murray. I think, I think the Cardinals are just they're just a couple. He's taking steps, and they need him to take a few more steps, and then they're there in terms of being able to, like, to, to legitimate, legitimately compete. Do you see – can Kyler Murray be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback? Oh, man, that's a great question. I mean, he he's won wherever he's gone as far as just being able to win the game. I mean, he struggled with that his first couple years in the NFL, but I see him improving each week. He gets smarter and smarter. Uh, but I, I don't know if he has that, like – that the it factor, the leadership like factor that really like gets his guys fired up for him the way that the Tom Brady's and the Russell Wilsons do. He's kind of a chill personality. He's very like. calm, very cool. Like doesn't really want to be the outspoken guy. And yes, that's a great thing to have in a lot of locker rooms. But when he's the quarterback of your offense, you you almost need that fire under him. Fire. When you see every every think of every Hall of Fame quarterback and and they're that dude. Like they they are the guy that everyone looks to, and. Yes, you're going to have to look to Kyler Murray, but I don't know if he's the guy that gets them through the playoffs and to win a Super Bowl ever. I mean, I'm, yeah. like, I'm like quivering thinking about it because it's like <laughs> another another 15 just, years. All right, folks, we're going to be done. Uh, we just shattered T. Willie's hopes and dreams for the I next 15 years. I just walked myself right into that. But <laughs> So, uh, yeah. Man, hey, Tyler, you know, uh, hang in there, bud. Th- yeah. Things will get better. Don't. You know, don't make any rash decisions. Call me if you need a friend. Yeah, okay, I will. But, um... All right, and another funny stat I saw is I was just going through, the, like, the yards per game, like, teams that, like, yards, where they rank at. The Chargers, <laughs> the the Los Angeles, Chargers. I still like to think of them as the San Diego Chargers, just because I love the city Chargers. of San Diego. and They're I the love, San Diego Chargers. They can say they're the Los Angeles Chargers for the next 50 years. They're the San Diego Chargers. Yeah, they're, they're San Diego. So San Diego is ranked in the top eight in both offensive and defensive yards. So they have the eighth or top eight in offense, top eight in defensive yards given up. They just can't seem to hang on to the ball. And it's almost like in the fourth quarter, they just try like to lose these games almost. It's like, I mean, Anthony Lynn is just like got his mind in a pretzel on the sidelines. You could like, (laughs) he's doing math that doesn't even exist. You know, like he's going for two when he doesn't need to. He's going on it on fourth and six. Like, does does Anthony Lynn. Like, do you think he has dyslexia with numbers, and that's why the clock is so hard? Do you think he never uh, took math class? Do you think? Do you think he knows that there's a game clock? Um, what? Maybe, do, maybe like the stat guy that he hired, like opted out for COVID reasons or something. <laughs> like, are they down? Are they? Is the assistant coach who's supposed to be helping? Did he like? Is he going through a divorce and he's yeah. not there? Like, what is going on? How Whatever. are you not? How is there not a coach that's just like, yo? Yo, Anthony! Anthony, no, no! Like, there's a clock. There's a clock. I don't. Yeah. I don't get it, man. Uh, that's that's they, frustrating. They had five interceptions last week and scored twenty points. I'll just, I'll just uh, I'll let that let that simmer with you guys for a second. Unbelievable. All right, so this might be a good time 
let's talk. I want to talk current quarterbacks. Okay. So let's let's keep it right there in San Diego. I'm not calling them Los Angeles Chargers. I don't care what they say. Justin Herbert. So we're gonna play a game, T. Will. Uh huh. I'm gonna give you a name. You're gonna tell me yes or no in terms of whether they can ever whether they're going to win a Super Bowl in their NFL career. Okay, got my eyes closed. I'm just gonna first instinct. All right, ready, Justin Herbert. No. Tua. No. Josh Allen. Yes. Woo. Kyler Murray. No. Ooh. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. No. Baker. No. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Absolutely no. Absolutely no. Lamar Jackson. Yes. Baker. No. Carson Wentz. No. <laughs> Some would say he's already won one. Yeah, he has a ring. Um, but did he win? No. Okay, Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson, yes. I think he can. If the Texans get out of their own way and let Deshaun be Deshaun. We're going to come back to that. Jared Goff. Yes. All right, okay. Okay, so where are we? Where do we stand with the rookie quarterbacks? Or let's, say, let's just say the young quarterbacks. Amongst, we've got Kyler, we've got Josh Allen, we've got Tua, we've got Justin Herbert, we've got Joe Burrow. We'll throw Baker in there. Um, look, come back to Tua. So I feel like he's looked pretty good. I mean, yeah. I, like obviously he struggled with certain things, but like they all do. He's um, all right. Yeah, he's do like what's his upside? You said you said no on him in terms of winning the Super Bowl, right? Yeah, I just don't see the Miami Dolphins being able to win the Super Bowl, do, no matter who's at quarterback. I mean, I do you think he could become a Hall of Fame quarterback? Yes. I okay. do. Yeah, I think he'll be good. I think he'll be a very, very good quarterback. Do I think he'll get his team all the way to the big game and win it? No. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. In is, terms of so let's take the let's take the the organization because that's a huge thing, right? Like some of these guys, like Joe Burrow's playing for an organization that has shown yeah ineptitude for however many years now. They're steering it straight into the ground. Um, are you in or out on him as let's say like a perennial Pro Bowl? Like, at his peak, is he going to be a top five quarterback in the NFL? Yes. Because I feel like you're kind of at a good – we're kind of at a cool transitional phase in the NFL with – like, there's more quarterback talent now than maybe any time before. Because you got the old guard, right? So, like, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, Phil Rivers, Tom Brady, Roethlisberger. Those are, like, the guys that are kind of phasing out, mm-hmm. right? Then you've got the new crop, Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Russell Wilson – Probably those three for me. Yeah, if, of- if I'm just looking at this list, I, I honestly think Mahomes is going to win as many or more than Tom Brady. Wow. Wow. I mean, what, what's this? This is his fourth year? Third year? Fourth year? I think fourth year. Fourth year in the league, third year starting, right? Yeah. Okay. And he's won one, went to the AFC Championship Dude, so in another. So he's going to win five more. Yes. I, I think Mahomes... I think Mahomes is that much better than the rest of these guys. You have to take think, the under though if you're betting. Right? I think you. Yes, I know. I, yeah, like a smart, a smart better would. Just, just based on the fact that like injuries, like yes, things can happen. Let's let's not get let's not get that like twisted. But he's incre- He's incredible. Yes, like, he, the, I mean, he's the best quarterback in the league right now, and he's he's got a lot of football to play if if he can stay healthy and they can keep that keep that same team around them. And their formula is very, very simple. Yeah. You know, like, they have Kelsey in the middle of the field. 
And he's able to get open pretty much as, as soon as Mahomes starts running around. Kelsey is now open. And yep. you've got Tyreek Hill, so he's... He, I mean, he's just faster than everyone. So, I mean, you've got, like... You're going to be able to draft guys who are just extremely fast and throw them into that, throw them into that scheme, and you're going to see Mahomes can feed anybody the ball. He he puts the ball right in his hands. It's almost like Tyreek doesn't even have to like break stride. He just sticks his hands out. He catches it, and he's off to the races. And you're going to be able to repeat that over and over and over with whether it's Tyreek Hill back there, whether it's some guy we don't know who it is yet, like. Think about every Alabama receiver. Like, if you draft yeah. one of those guys every year, you're going to have multiple Tyreek Hills yeah. on that offense. Then they'll, once Tyreek fit, like, the next Henry Ruggs, and, yeah. like, get him in that system, right. use him that way. And they've got, like, McCole Hardman, too. Like, a bunch yep. of, a bunch of uh, they, they've done a good job in that organization. That, but that's a great example, too, of, like, an organization making smart picks. Like, Mecole Hardman. Like, that was the right pick for them and their system, like, Yes, he's obviously like not a polished route runner and like all this stuff, but like they're drafting based on their other personnel. Like it's just a smart move, and it's it's funny too to see in the NFL like how good organizations are able to put things together and how bad organizations seem to just just, just shoot themselves. Just, in the just foot. suck. Yeah. So um, okay, a couple of things I want to hit on here. So I'm looking at we're looking at quarterback rating. Um, so out of eligible quarterbacks, we got Mahomes sitting at number one, 112, Drew Brees, 110, Deshaun Watson, 109, Russ, 109, Ryan Tannehill, 108. That's surprising to me. I didn't think it'd be that high. Josh Allen, 103, Kirk Cousins, let's go. I like that. 102.7. You like that? I like that a lot. You like that? Derek Carr, 102.1. So, okay, Deshaun Watson. So this is, well, uh, I like to, I like to try to do full disclosure on my biases. I have a bit of a man crush on Deshaun Watson. Yeah, who I, I love Deshaun yeah. Watson. Um, some dude. Oh, you're talking about football. <laughs> both, both, right? Okay. So how crazy is this, though, for him to be on such a bad team and be third third in the league in quarterback rating? Yeah. Like, you look at all these other dudes. And they just got rid of his number one target. Yes. All these other dudes. Mahomes, first in the first in his division. Breeze, first in his division. Russ, playoff team. And now his new Tannehill. number one target just got caught taking steroids or... A sub, an unknown substance. Oh, yeah, so let's, yeah. let's not yep. say what it was, yep. but because um, we don't know. I mean, that's wild. So, like, I, he's got a lot of criticism, but like, dude, what is going on? What are they doing in in Houston? Like, what is that? What does that look like the next three years? Because I'm as a as a Deshaun Watson fan, I am genuinely concerned that he is just screwed. Yeah, I mean, huh. yeah, they've. They've almost tried to dismantle this team around him, and it's it's kind of like it's one of the weirdest like anomalies in football. Like, wh- what are they doing? You know, they like Bill you, O'Brien. You're the worst. You're the worst executive, like of all time. Yeah, like, you're the worst. You suck. I can't believe he had the balls to fire himself. Fire himself <laughs> as the coach. Honestly, I mean, <laughs> you, th- you think he would have kept one of his jobs there? But um, no. Seriously though, I mean, I, I guess. You've, you've got to look at it. They've got to have a perfect draft in the next couple of years to rebuild back around him or figure out some kind of blockbuster trade that like gets them back trending in that direction that gets Watson some weapons. But, I mean, it's it's pretty bleak when you're looking at it. I mean, you've got Kiki Kuti. You've got... <laughs> Kiki. Do yeah. you love <laughs> you've, you've got David Johnson, who's looks like he's like tied to the ground almost <laughs> when he's Johnson. running. 
What happened, yeah, bro? I, that was yeah. That's, have you seen someone fall such off? a fast decline in athletic ability? No, At, like not in a long. Not since Priest Holmes yeah. has someone just fallen off the map that quickly. I, yeah, really. I don't, I don't know. I mean, good for you, man. You get you got paid. That's cool. Hopefully, yeah. uh, yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Sure, but, he's a great guy, but I mean, it's so. Ooh. Let me let me hit you with this. Can Deshaun Watson be the first player empowerment? NFL guy to force a trade out of there to someone else. I think he should. Uh, do I think he can? Um, I don't know. It's it's never been done before. So he, he's in uncharted territory when you when you're looking at that. Uh, Deshaun, <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm supporting you. I guess if you're the Texans, though, when you think about it, like, do we trade Deshaun and try to get like six picks for him and see if someone will give us like their future and. You should probably just try to let them draft for you, if I'm being honest. But uh, <laughs> you should, I, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of going to be an option here in the next, like, a point of discussion for for the Houston front office. Like, do you actually trade him and try to try to rebuild and try to draft another quarterback? You're not going to find another quarterback with his talent level, though. So you're they're in trouble. It's yeah. tough. It's tough. If I'm other franchises, and I know this is like a long shot. For sure, but like I am looking at any possible option at how we put together a package to try to acquire Deshaun Watson without yeah, gutting, if, gutting my current team. If you're Chicago, like risk it all. Yep. Do it again like you did for Khalil Mack. It worked for a year. You had Mitchell Trubisky back there, unfortunately, so it didn't work. But yeah, for sure. If you're, I mean, any of the NFC East teams, like. I mean, I, I kind of like Washington with Alex Alex Smith, though, right now. I think he's going to be a sustainable quarterback for the next year or two, given his leg holds up. I mean, what he went through was absolutely incredible. To see him out there every week, you're just like, how is this guy doing this? But It's terrifying. Yes. I'm but, so I'm so scared watching him play football. And he's just bleeding through his maroon sock. Like He's bleeding through he, his sock? It's a maroon one. It's already blood colored. Like you know how much you got to be bleeding to be able to see that, like on him. I mean, it- so for anyone out there that like all of us that played sports but like didn't play at the professional level that we like to watch and be like, oh, we could do that, or we like we could do this. You guys need to just look at Alex Smith to understand why we can't do what they do, right? Like, yeah, because ninety nine percent of people, ninety nine point nine nine percent of people go through what he goes through. Getting on a football field, and attempting suit and tie, talking into a mic every week. Like. Yeah, exactly. Attempting to play football again is the furthest thing on your mind. So, like, I, I mean, it's really cool, man. I think that like that E sixty on him was an awesome story. Seems like a great dude. It's terrifying for me to watch him to watch him play every week, but like that best encapsulates like, dude, these guys are. Like, I, what are the kids? They're they're built different, right? Like he's yes, that's he's a different, different. That's a different as the, mindset, as the kids would say, for sure, for sure. So, yeah, I don't know, T. Well, what uh, what are we missing in terms of NFL? Is there anything else you want to? Oh man, we you want to hit on with that? No, I I kind of like that. That was that was good. If if you guys have any questions for us, if you guys want us to dive further into any topics, again, at Rally Caps on Pod at Twitter, or just shoot us a DM on Instagram. Um. All right, so transitioning now to a little bit of NBA, uh, probably the biggest news of the day, Giannis Antetokounmpo, just the a Greek kid, freak. Just a kid from Athens. Talk about the come up, man. Yeah. Uh, 
signed the Supermax today with the Bucks, right? So this is like, talk about uh, like kingmakers and just chess moves. And one of the things that I really like about the NBA is you see front offices scheming like years in advance for free agency. A lot of a lot of plans just changed today. So Giannis is going to be in Milwaukee for the foreseeable future. Um, He's got five years with four year opt out, right? Yep. So year four opt out. So okay. So all right. So like obviously, there's been for two years now. People have been speculating about whether he was going to go to Toronto, whether he was going to go to Miami. was he going to go to LA, Golden State, like all all this stuff? So we know now he's going to be in Milwaukee. Quick recap: so this offseason, basically, basically, the Bucks have swapped Eric Bledsoe for Drew Holiday. In a, in a summary, is their is their main move that they made? They've also added DJ Augustine, uh, Tory Craig. I can't believe Augustine is still doing it, man. Right? Man, he, he's been there <laughs> for a long time. Thirteenth season. Wow. Yeah, for sure. Um, Bobby Portis. They got Stauskas. He was uh he was up in Europe, right? Uh yeah. Yeah. Well yeah. So, good for him. He's back uh, in the league on a good team. So for the past two years, I've said that I was out on the Bucks. Um, does this are we in on the Bucks in terms of winning in in terms of winning the NBA finals? I said I was out on them before Christmas last year. Talk to my coworkers, they'll verify it. Just saying, two years ago, I predicted Toronto in the offseason to win. Last year, I predicted the Heat to make the finals. I don't know. Why not am mad. I Why am I not super rich off betting? I'm not sure. Yeah. But, so, Milwaukee, does Put this— your money where your mouth is, sir. Can they win the NBA finals with this roster next year? Mm. We've, seen, mean, we've seen their playoffs. We've seen their system fail in the playoffs. Yes. Two years in a row. I love their coach, Coach Mikey Budd. He is— um, an incredible coach in the regular season. In the regular season. Yes, I, I mean, you have to throw that in there. I mean, they the the style of play that they run with Giannis, it, I mean, he, like, during the regular season, yes, he's going to be your MVP. Like, he is the absolute man. Uh, I'm looking at their roster, too, and they've got his brother on the team. They look nothing alike, but... Uh, we need a DNA I, test. I, I, yeah, I feel, like, I feel like you got to, I mean... If you're Giannis, like you, you got to get your brother like on that same level or close to a level that, like, imagine if both Curry brothers were on the same team, like that would be awesome, yeah. and they yeah. would be they would be incredible together. But why aren't why aren't these guys that way? I don't know. But when I'm just looking at their roster, I mean, we, we're talking about it in the NFL, like it's a physical style of play in the playoffs. I think Giannis struggles because I mean, teams don't just let you run up and slam it on them. Like they do in the regular season, and build build the wall, right? They're building the wall. Yeah, I mean, there's not easy buck, right? So like, no easy. Budenholzer's whole philosophy is on defense. They pack it in. They let you shoot threes. They just try to take away dunks and layups, Mm -hmm. right? So they allowed they allowed more three point attempts last year than any team in NBA history. I believe it was it was the highest in the league. Wow, which is kind of counterculture to what you're seeing, but they just they pack it in, okay? And then offensively. Like it's all predicated on Giannis being able to to penetrate and then kick and then surrounding him with shooters, mm-hmm. right? And then getting out in transition, easy buckets. The thing with the NBA, like I see it very similar to playoff baseball, where like um, in playoff in regular season baseball, it's a really long season. You're gonna play a lot of games where like let's just be honest and call it like it is. They're not trying super hard to win that game. 
Like, and if they get down early, they're going to roll over. You're going to face third, fourth, and fifth starters. In the yep. playoffs, you only face the best arms out of the pen. You only face the top starters. Everything's dialed in. All the pitchers are – and I think for the Bucks, like, that's where they've struggled. So here's my thing. Looking at it here, I do think that this roster could win an NBA championship. I love I – love, I think Eric Bledsoe, no disrespect, but he's terrible. You see that he cannot play in the playoffs. This has happened for a long time. I was pissed when Phoenix decided that they were going to keep him out of Goran Dragic, Isaiah Thomas. They decided to pay Bledsoe a ton of money. Not going to go down that path, yep. though. Let's um, stay away from that. So I, I like the addition of Drew Holiday. I think he gives you positional versatility. He's a great defender. I think he's sneaky good offensively. I think he allows Chris Middle. So for the, the, for the Bucks roster right now, right, you kind of have like 2A, 2B, Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton. I don't really know who would be like the second best player. But here's the kicker, right? Mike Budenholzer, do you have a plan to address your failures the past two years? Yep. I think if he does, I could see this team. I actually like, obviously like anything, they need to stay healthy. They need DiVincenzo to take a huge step forward. Connaughton has to be more consistent with his shooting. Um, and then they're going to need Brooke Lopez to play much like he did two years ago versus last year. Obviously, I'm saying a lot of things. I like DJ Augustine in terms of like veteran presence and depth. I like Tory Craig is fine as a potential rotation player in the playoffs. So I like the pieces, but like, dude, you have to get your head out of the sand and look at what has happened to you in the playoffs the past two years. And you need to not just, he did this in Atlanta with the Hawks too, where they were the one seed and then got rolled by LeBron in the playoffs. It doesn't work in the playoffs. How many times does that need to happen? You look at his usage minutes for these guys too. And he wears these guys down in the regular season. Um, Like you can tell they're not as crisp as they are. Uh, just because you, you could you could see the fatigue setting into them. I mean, even last year in a shortened season when they got three months off in the middle of it, they were still kind of tired going down the break. And it, it was, I mean, I, I mean, I I want to see them win. I really do. I think I I love Giannis. Yeah. I love his story. I love him as a player. He's just like him being able to get to the like to get to the hole in two steps. Like we've never really seen guys like that before. So. Yeah. I, I want to see something that they can do, but uh, yeah, we, we need to figure out, or I mean, we don't need to figure anything out. We can just keep talking, but Mike, they got to figure it out. Yeah, and they can't, Coach Mike. They can't gotta, hide behind their regular season success. I yep. want to see them struggle in the regular season because they're trying to transition their style of the play style, versus yes. just doing. Yes, we get it. You can win regular season games, but that's certainly not the goal. You get, you know, you got. You got Giannis to re-up. Let's see what you can do. Um, the East is going to be interesting. I mean, I think, like, I also think, too, uh, I feel like a lot of people are down on Boston right now due to Kemba's b- Baki knee. They lose Gordon Hayward. I think I think right now Boston is my pick to come out of the East just because if you get positive progression from Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, so I believe Jason Tatum will be a top five player in the NBA. Marcus Smart. Yeah, for sure. I think that this could be – I think you lose Gordon Hayward, addition by subtraction. They're not, like, fighting over all that stuff. Um, I think if, if Brown and Tatum take big steps forward, I could see the I could see the Celtics being being favorites in the East, honestly. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Heat. Obviously, that's going to be tough for them to I, – I like the Heat, but that's going to be tough for them to recreate, I think, the level of uh, – the level of success. And let's just call call it like it is. I mean, I love Jimmy Butler, but like 
the dude played out of his mind last last playoffs. Like that will be they'll need a huge step forward from Bam and a huge step forward from Tyler Hero. So it's gonna be interesting to see and a lot of young players and we're gonna see Taco. who who was working. Yeah, yeah Taco. Get taco get Taco fall in yeah. the in the mix for sure. Move the ball to that guy. Uh ooh, they did get Peyton Pritchard. I loved him in college. Uh he was he was kind of that guy. I mean, the Pac twelve plays at like nine at night, so no one really watches the yeah. Pac twelve play, but Peyton Pritchard was a force at Oregon and he I mean you we didn't really get to see him play in the tournament or anything and I, he's going to be a great role player for them um yeah I didn't that, I didn't see him play much I'm, that's I'm a excited great pickup. To, uh, I like Marcus Smart I, I think I mean he, he's a tough dude he's, he's a, a tough he's a guy, he's a guy that that's going to help you win in the you playoffs. want on your roster in the playoffs exactly for sure, for sure. And uh, when you look at Toronto, I, I mean, did, did they make any splashes this offseason? Um, no, they re-signed Van Vliet. That was basically like their big move. I mean, I think if you're Toronto, your hope. So, I mean, that's a team that was impacted, right? Because they, they were clearing the decks in the hopes of being able, they are going to have a ton of cap space next year. So they were going to try to sign Giannis. Um, for Toronto, you're hoping for big progression forward from Pascal and OG Ananobi. I think, yeah. I think... Siakam did not, um, especially in the playoffs, right? Like his game has broken down in the playoffs. I love, I love Spicy P, but like you can't do the spin move every single time. Maybe like, maybe like every other time, or maybe like spin the opposite direction sometimes. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know, man. I think like this is what will be interesting to see. This is one of the things I like about the NBA. You really get a chance to see like what these players worked on in the offseason. Yep. And there are so many young stars that, I don't know. I mean, if Pascal Siakam comes out and he takes his game to the next level in terms of his scoring and he becomes a legitimate guy that can carry an offense even when defense is given a lot of attention, then yeah. I mean, that, that's going to be a really uh, a really tough tough squad to handle for yeah. sure. So. And you look at Van Fleet. I feel like he's almost like he's built perfectly for the role that he's in in Toronto. Yeah, absolutely. He, he fits that so well. And he's he's a great guy that you can build build around too. And he's a guy in the playoffs that... He's proven it. He's done it. And they, they're they a dangerous team. I, I kind of like Toronto coming out of the East. Yeah. And for that, that'd be my pick right now if I'm if I'm taking one out of the East. Yeah, we'll see. And then uh, obviously the Sixers are still hanging around. They're doing they're doing their stuff. We'll see. Again, we'll see in terms of the progression. Like, and I'm gonna we're gonna go on a little rant right here, real quick. So one of the things that like you guys, and I think this is as we do more of these, I think it'll come through because you guys will see like we kind of each have like styles in terms of players that we really like and players that we don't. My like number one thing that I hate is the uber talented player that like has obvious flaws in his game that are easily addressable. Refuses to address or, them. Yeah, or just doesn't like Andrew Wiggins, dude. Like you shouldn't suck. Like you should be really good at defense. You're an elite, like you have elite size, you're elite uh athletic ability like it's just an effort thing like it's literally just a mindset thing for you um so the Sixers are really interesting to me because you have two players Ben Simmons Joel Embiid who don't want to adapt who both talent alone should be top five players in the NBA I mean Joel Embiid should be the most dominant big man since Shaquille O'Neal I I honestly don't think that's even crazy to say based on what he can do physically dude are you go are you going to be in shape like no I (laughs) At what point, though, like, will you ride the freaking Peloton for 45 minutes a day in order to win an NBA championship and, like, become one of the greatest big men of all time? Yeah, you got to play the whole game. Like, 
I don't get this, man. I don't I don't get this. Like this is my last chance for him. Like if he's not in shape this season, I'm forever out on Joel Embiid. I don't care how good he is at tweeting or how good he is at trash talking. Like he can just he can suck for the rest of his life. Yeah. Ben Simmons. So you are telling me you're like six foot ten, six foot eleven, and that coordinated to be able to handle the way he does, run the way he does, rebound the way he does. You're obviously I mean, if I was just going to rank people in terms of, like, athletic ability, humans, he's, like, a top 10 human in terms of athleticism. You can't develop a, a elbow jumper? You yeah. can't even shoot an, a three in an NBA game? No, they stay five feet off of him still when he's standing out there. Dude, shoot the ball. Yeah. Shoot a three. Like, you are, again, I'm not asking, like, this isn't uh You don't got to jack up. This isn't David Eckstein, like, trying to overcome all odds. Like... Dude, you're an elite athlete. Like you're a total freak. You can yeah, you're telling me you can't get up 300 shots a night and slowly but surely improve your shooting ability? If Ben Simmons isn't shooting at least two threes per game this year, I'm out on Ben Simmons and I don't want to hear any more about how efficient he is in transition, blah 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 this, blah 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 that. He's a great defender, positionless basketball. You will never just like we went on the rant with the quarterbacks, you will never win again. You will never win an NBA finals with Ben Simmons being your first or second best player if he does not shoot two threes a game. So, we'll see what he's been doing. I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's going to bring it. Yeah. Um, but that's that's one thing with the Sixers I'm looking forward to seeing too. Yeah, let's let's leave Philly alone. We they've had enough of that. So, they're they're out. I mean, you you got Indiana who came in as a four seed last year into the playoffs, and I mean they got swept by Miami, so they were. I mean I don't I don't really see them being a better team and being like getting into the top three seeds this year. I, I think they're a team that you see take another step back, and I mean they're just they're just not quite built to be a championship team. Um, and you've got Brooklyn, who that was that's my pick. I mean I I just said Toronto, uh, but my money is on Brooklyn, so. Let's let's see where they come in, and I didn't have that stat last week. Plus eighteen hundred was Brooklyn to win it all. So, I I mean I I like the number. So that's that's kind of where I was looking at it. I was just like, hey, they're going to be a much improved team. They were a seven seed without Kyrie, without Kevin Durant, and if Kevin Durant's, I mean, like we said, if he's even playing at a uh, just the one tier lower, let's say he's averaging. Couple less minutes a game, and maybe having to shoot more from from spot shots, and not having to create his own shots. And he looked really good this week. Like, he did. I, yeah, he, he looked great. He, he looked he looked fine. So that's yeah. That he didn't really hit the weight room over. I mean, it, that was a great opportunity for him. But still, the Slim Reaper. Yeah, the, still doing it as the Slim Reaper. Guys, breaking news: This is a Woj bomb. Kevin Durant is still skinny. Yep. So that's, he he's dodged the uh, the COVID twenty I guess which speaking is speaking of skinny good. let's let's talk about a photo that just came out on the <laughs> internet we're this is a Tuesday night and we just saw James Harden warming up I maybe he was wearing like a hoodie underneath and like you've got like the hood pouch like sticking out where his stomach is that or, boy thick with two C's or did he just gain about twenty twenty five pounds T Willie you sent that over. Um, I saw uh, Ryan Rosillo tweeted out. It's, it's get, I mean, I'm sure by this time tomorrow it'll be viral on the internet. James Harden looks really fat. Is he eating his way he, out of Houston? James Harden looks like he he has not done cardio in four months. Yeah, forget the strip clubs. This dude has found the buffets. Like I don't. The, it hasn't Houston even been area. four months since he stopped playing. But like this dude, this dude was looking was looking fat. So chunk, um, chunk. James Harden, man, you know you've never won anything. 
Yeah, we, we let him have it this on the last episode. So if you if you care to come on and discuss, James, we're happy to have you, man. Yeah, I mean maybe you can win something this year. I don't What's know. Happening? We'll see. Uh, I and I I am interested to see too. I think if, for example, if Philly was to trade for James Harden, mm-hmm. I think that that uh, that is that kind of that, cha- that changes things for. Sh- I, I mean, obviously, but like. So who, so who we'll they see. Have to get rid of to to get him though. I mean, if they can do it by keeping Simmons and Embiid, they would have to trade one of them. Just from a, I I believe from a salary cap standpoint, they'd have to trade. Right. So I I think they would trade. Uh, you would trade Simmons. Uh, that'd probably be the asset that Houston wants. And honestly, like, dude, if I'm if I'm Philly, I don't know if Houston would do this trade, but I'm. I mean, I'm trying to do that trade right now. Like, if, unless you have intel. Unless your coaches know that Ben Simmons is going to shoot this year, but he's probably not going to, then I'm tra- I'm doing that right now. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, I think it would be interesting to see Harden and Embiid play together and see how that would. That would be interesting. I would like. I would really like to see that yeah. combo as well. Um, not a lot of cardio going on between those two. So that, that, might, that might be an <laughs> that issue. That could be toxic. Could, that could, could be, be a toxic issue, relationship. But. There, they would be. Ground and pound offense. You know, yeah. just bulldozing their way to the hoop. But so. Who knows? We'll see. I think this this NBA season is going to be, uh, and, and you guys you guys will figure this out. Like for me, the NBA is my favorite sports league to follow. Um, I love the game of basketball. I, I find like all the the storylines and and all that stuff very compelling. But I think this season is going to be. We think the NFL season has been kind of a mess with like COVID and just whatever. I think the NBA season is going to be. I think it's going to get dicey. Yeah, it's going to be real interesting to see. So that could that could potentially really shake things up. You know, if you have if you have a team get wiped out, they all all their players go on the restricted list for two weeks, and they have to reschedule all these games. I mean, I'm I'm very intrigued as to what is going to happen. So, yeah, that's a little little recap of the East there for sure. All right, last last rant of the day. I'm looking at your notes here, and all I see you've got written down is. Kyrie Irving, high school English teacher. So, Elaborate. So, as you guys found out a little bit last pod, I think we got into this. Yeah. I do not like Kyrie Irving. I think Kyrie Irving is a tremendous basketball player. He's he's the best ball handler I've ever seen. Handles. He's He's got the most talent of any. I think he's more talented as a point guard than Steph Curry. Um, and I think he sucks. I think he totally sucks. I think he's hurt all the time. I think he's a total malcontent. Um, so for those of you guys who uh, were watching this over the course of the past week, so Kyrie Irving decided that he was not going to attend media, right? So he got his organization fined because he wanted to preserve the truth of his – he wanted to make sure nothing was misrepresented because, you know, a lot of times dribbling a basketball is something that can really get misconstrued and, you know. Sometimes you don't know. He's it, dribbling quick. Yeah, exactly. So So that makes total sense. So he decided that he just wasn't going to do a large part of his job. And then if you saw his comments, if you read, if you read, let me see if I can pull them up. If you read his comments to the media after coming back, um, Kyrie Irving. So if you're listening, if anyone's out there, if you were Kyrie Irving's high school English teacher, I would just like to, I, I just want to apologize to you. The fact that you had to try to read several pages worth of total incoherent rambling nonsense you don't make enough as a government employee a state employee you do not make enough money for that and i'm i'm truly my heart aches for you that you had to, that you had to undergo such tragic tragic sorrow i mean the 
I'm literally trying to, to read through his comments. I can't make it through two paragraphs. Kyrie Irving, I know that you think that you are a artist as you refer to yourself. Alpha brain. You get to make $40 million a year because you do media and because there's a bunch of fans that like to talk smack about you. So you have a couple options. You can go be an art artist and be in a gym in Indiana with no one watching you, but you're not going to make $40 million. Or you can be an artist in the NBA like you're doing. You're going to have to do some petty bullshit that you don't want to do, like talk to media. Some people are going to say that they don't like you. When you say that the earth is flat, people might disagree with you. You might get a bit of pushback. You might get pushback, but in return, you'll get to have $40 million. So listen, man, I totally, and I'm being serious right now, total respect for you and like the love of the game, but pull your freaking head out of the sand and understand, especially like given what's going on with economic climate and all this stuff, dude. Yes, you have to talk to media. Yes, they have takes that you don't like. Yes, you get paid forty million dollars to do this, and that's that's part of part of why you uh part of why you get that. Okay, so like the this this stuff with Kyrie Irving, there's gonna be more. I know it, but yeah, next week we'll have more content. It's on just this. uh, it's it's just wild. And if, go ahead, read read through his comments. All right, so we've got a quote we just pulled up from Kyrie. This was made when? Like, earlier earlier this week. Which earlier this on, week. On Monday when he finally spoke to her. All right, I'm, I'm going to go quotes, unquote. So quotes. You know we go through the rigorous season. We do everything we're asked to do, and we want to perform in a secure and protected space. And if I can't have my voice protected on this platform where I offer myself and my art, just inviting everyone to it because – this is what I've been blessed to do. You know, I didn't make it from the best circumstances. I made it because my family had a foundation and taught me the right things, how to live a principled life. Okay. So having that bat, that in basketball, in my art, you know, it's just finding a balance and that's all. End quote. Um, huh. Again. Uh, okay. Well. Kyrie Irving's high school English teacher. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe it's your fault. Like maybe yeah, you made him this way. You I don't could have, you had the chance to like, stop this. You're madness. trying to shape young minds. So, I mean, I got so many things to say. So first of all, Kyrie Irving, you should take some communication classes. It's in, it's incredibly difficult to just literally understand what you're trying to say. Um, so that's, that's very frustrating. Okay. So let's go, let's go through this. Okay. You go through the rigorous season. We do everything we're asked to do. Well, Kyrie, you didn't show up for media availability last week, resulting in a $25,000 fine for your organization. So literally four days ago, you didn't do everything that you were asked to do. Yes. So that took uh, one, two, three, seven words for you to speak, speak false, okay, as we, as we like to say here, okay? So, so whatever, man. You do, like, I get it. I get where you're coming from, but technically that's not true. We want to perform, perform in a secure and protected space. Totally feel this. Totally vibe with this. And I agree. Like... I think we all want the same thing. And you know what? The NBA just went through this bubble where they spent like over $100 million securing to, to and quarantine you guys. You. Guess what? Guess what? How many positive COVID tests were there? Oh, zero. Zero, right? So like if you were playing in the NFL or if you were a college athlete right now, I could totally get that. I could totally understand where you might be feeling that. But honestly, that just comes across like – I feel like you're just throwing salt in the wounds of like all Americans or that are you, actually facing like real danger or like actually going through hardships when your league literally just proved that they kept everyone safe. They did all this stuff. They spent all this money. And again, you guys are monetized. They're not asking you to go go put your life at risk for no money. You're getting paid handsomely to do it. Okay. So like 
What are you talking about with that? Is, okay? is he talking about a secure and protected space in terms of him not having to answer difficult questions? I mean, because I mean, you, you, you look at every single interview with a quarterback after they lose a game. And uh, I mean, in my opinion, they are asked some hard questions that I would really not want to answer. Like, so I, if I'm the CEO of General Electric and we come in 25% under projected or, or earnings for Q2, do I just, well, I, no, you say, not, no, yeah, you cancel the meeting and you say, hey, sorry guys. I mean, I'm not going to, this is my art and I'm not going <laughs> to allow you to criticize it. That's how you respond. So <laughs> like well. Kyrie Irving, man, you're not, this is my thing with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving thinks he has this imagined plight that he's, he's on. He's bubble He boy. thinks he's like Job from the Bible. And like, he's just going through all these hardships that no one else has faced and he's still like committed to the art. Dude, you're doing the exact same shit that everybody else has to go through in positions of power or influence. Yeah, there's 30 other The teams difference is have a guy like those like leaders, him. those true leaders don't just come out and skip their they don't skip media availability and put the focus on their teammates. They don't they don't skip, they don't skirt any of that stuff, okay? So that's like that's the first sentence, Kyrie, of your of your quote here. And if I can't have my voice protected on this platform where I offer myself and my art, okay. Stop calling you playing basketball your art. Yes. Nobody thinks it's your art, Kyrie. That's fine that you feel that way, and I respect that. But stop coming out and, quote, saying it's your art. You're a basketball player. There's a term for this. It's called playing basketball. Well, if, if, if you created art, you would be an artist. If you want your voice protected, then speak coherent sentences and help us to understand what you're actually trying to say. Because this, this just doesn't make any sense. I mean, like, yes, you have been blessed. You you get to play this game. You, like, we keep hammering it. You get paid. You get Ky- paid well. Kyrie Irving. And if I can't have my voice protected on this platform where I offer myself and my art, just inviting everyone to it because this is what I've been blessed to do. So, Kyrie, do fans show up to the, do they get to come to Nets games for free because you, quote, unquote, invited them? To be there like they were your freaking dinner guests at a soiree at your house. All of his followers. They paid money for tickets. You're not <laughs> inviting people. You're not a street performer that people are like stopping on the street and tipping you. You are paid a salary to do a job. Yep. The fans pay money for entertainment. They pay ticket prices to come see the game. So this idea that you're inviting everyone to witness you. First of all, it's very condescending and like. You are a dude that plays basketball, just like John is a dude that is it does people taxes and comes with his family to watch you play. Okay, you guys are both dudes doing your job. So stop with this BS that like people are graced to be in your presence and you're inviting them to do it. You can't invite someone to it if they're being if they're paying to come. Okay, so again, I, I don't know if this is just a basic breakdown in the English language, but that doesn't make any sense. Okay, you know I didn't come from the best circumstances. I made it because my family had a foundation and taught me the right things, how to live a principled life. Okay, listen, well, Kyrie. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know your family. I know a little bit about hearing hearing you talk, like your circumstances. I know you didn't have a ton to come from, and I'm I'm definitely not one to speak about that. And you know what? It sounds like obviously you have a great relationship with your dad, especially. I know you lost your mom when you're young, and you're, and, and that's awesome. And I, I think that's I think that's something that uh. Myself as a father and all fathers out there, we all aspire to have those relationships. So that's great. Yeah, we'll I, stay away from that sentence. I, but. I will say, like, your dad played professional basketball. So in terms of, like, advantages in the gene pool, like, you're again, you're not David Eckstein. Like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's, a, huge, that's a huge advantage to come from. And I don't know if, 
if you've had success because you, quote, live a principled life or because, quote, you have really good genetics and have worked really hard at playing basketball. Like this, to me, this is just another example of Kyrie Irving trying to make himself this like mythical figure of an artist. He's just say, just say that you've been incredibly focused and worked really hard at basketball. Not that you've lived a principled life. Like, I, I, I mean, yeah, I don't know how that, I don't know how that relates. I don't see Tom Brady saying that he lives a principled life and that's why he's been successful. So Kyrie, just don't make it more than it is, man. Yeah. Just be who you are. So having that in basketball, my art, you know, it's just finding a balance and that's all. That sentence literally doesn't make sense. No. I hope he starts like coming out like, you know, like if you're ever at like a cool party that you've never been to or something fancy and there's like an artist there and he's like painting something. That's how I want to see Kyrie Irving in his warmups. Like, dude, if you're going to be an artist, like go all in. For G- sure. Give us something. Like, give us something cool. Give us some real art. For I mean, sure. yes, your your basketball ability is wildly wildly on another level and elite but i want to see some real art coming out of you man let's let's see some let's see this art that you keep talking about Kyrie. i'm gonna break it down for you one more time very very simply the nba its fans and the media coverage and the people that buy tickets the people that consume media like this the people that play fantasy basketball, the people that buy jerseys, the people that buy your shoes are the reason why your franchise is able to pay you $35, $40 million a year. I understand that at times it's probably oppressive and it's frustrating. I totally get that. I got to do a bunch of shit at work too that I don't necessarily always love. But that's all those things are why you get to make $40 million. So if you really want to be an artist, I want you to retire from the NBA And you can go play at Rucker Park, and I guarantee you after six months, no one will care, no one will cover, and you'll be able to be your artist. But you're not going to make $40 million a year. So just, it's really simple. I think you're obviously a very, very smart guy. You've told us so many times how smart you are and how thoughtful you are. Give it some thought. Think through this. um, And, you know, maybe the NBA just isn't for you. Yeah. Galaxy brain, Kyrie. All right. We'll we'll leave Kyrie alone for the rest of the night. I I mean, Kyrie, if you want to come on and talk, dude. Anytime, our door is open. But let's get into what we've got for next week, or next later on this week, I should say. Uh, we've got our first interview coming up with Dennis Sarfate. He is a professional baseball pitcher for the Fukuoka SoftBank Hawks in the Nippon Professional Baseball League. Uh, former major leaguer, played six years in the bigs, uh, has won MVP uh, in the actual Japan League. Um, many, many famous MLB players have that. Um, you've got, um, Tanaka, you've got, uh, Angel's guy given to me, uh, Shohei Otani, Otani, you Darvish. Yep. Got Fukudome. You've got tons of, tons of famous, famous major super, leaguers, super high level that of play. have come from there. And he is going to be a great interview and we are just excited to, uh, have our first interview with someone and we'll be doing that over zoom. So you actually will be able to see some of that. And, uh, Let's wrap it up for the week. Uh, we appreciate you guys. And again, just go follow us on, on Twitter. And you can meet us at, at RallyCapsOnPod. And let us know what you got. Thank you again. And uh, download, tell a friend. We appreciate it. Thank you.